last week in chapter 48, we got down to about verse 8. And if you remember, in chapter 48 here, to begin with, we had uh, Joseph coming to Jacob. This is after they've come into, after Jacob and and the rest of Joseph's family here, uh, well, rest of Jacob's family, Joseph's, you know, brothers and what have you, have moved down into the land of Egypt. This is after the famine's over with now. <clears throat> and, uh, and we have Jacob here. <clears throat> In verse 1, it says that, uh, that it was known to J- Joseph that his uh, father is sick. And uh, ultimately, the, the idea here is that he's not doing well. Um, <clears throat> in the next chapter, we're going to have him giving out the last blessings through all the sons. Um, and then in chapter 50, uh, we have Jacob uh, passing on. But, <clears throat> but anyhow, we have Jacob here coming towards the end of his life, and we have Joseph being made known of this. And so he <clears throat> you know, goes to his father, takes his uh, sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, <clears throat> with him, and as Jacob is talking with Joseph, <clears throat> uh, there in, starting in verse 3, it, he, uh, Jacob reminds Joseph of the, of the uh, blessing that God had, had told him uh, back in, in uh, it says the land of Luz, but as we talked about, <clears throat> talked about last week, that was ultimately Bethel, uh, that that Jacob had changed the name to Bethel uh, after God had come to him there. But God had come to him and told him <clears throat> that, he will, uh, that he was going to make him fruitful and, uh, and multiply him and also give him the land of Canaan. So he was given the, the aspect, and we'll see in just a moment as well, that uh, Jacob continues to, to put this mindset in there that, that this, they are not going to stay here in Egypt, that eventually they will leave the land of Egypt, which is what we'll see coming in Exodus here. Um, it'll be several hundred years later. You know, it's not going to be Joseph and his sons going to be leaving. It's going to be, you know, his sons and their sons, you know, a few generations uh, later <clears throat> when they're going to leave Egypt. But it's coming. And we have... Uh, Jacob also uh, making mention of Manasseh and Ephraim here uh, being as his sons, he's as Jacob's sons. So he's taking Manasseh and Ephraim and, and adopting them, if you would, as being his sons, you know, straight from his sons. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this last week as far as the reason why. Uh, this may have been the case. Jim brought this up and made mention why this was the case as far as uh, him adopting them. That is so that when he gives them the, the, the blessings here, uh, that, um, that there's no question as to why because they would have been, or there's no argument as to why because they would have been part of his children there just as Reuben and Simeon are his. So Manasseh and Ephraim will be his as well. Any thoughts or comments or anything I might have left out here that you guys wanted to bring up before we start in verse 8? All right. Well, verses 8 through 11 says, 
Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, to him, and, and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me in, the, in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them uh, near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. <clears throat> and Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has also shown me your offspring. All right. So here in verse 8, uh, Jacob uh, looking out and seeing the boy and says, Who are these? You know, he was just talking about Manasseh and Ephraim and how they were going to be his sons. And you, know, what, what do you think he's, he's saying? Well, who, who is this? You know, who, who are these boys behind you? What, what, what do you think is going on? I mean, obviously this, <clears throat> I don't believe that this is the first time that he's ever seen them. I believe that he's, he's met Manasseh and Ephraim. He knows who they are. Uh, as I'm sure Joseph has brought them to him many times, remembering they're in the land of Goshen where Joseph uh, uh, kept living in the land of, or down in Egypt, in the city of Egypt, if you would, and they're up in Goshen, so, uh, <clears throat> but I don't think this is the first time that they've seen him or that he's met him or anything, um, but yet this is just... Uh, and it also could be the fact that they're a little older. Uh, remember, uh, in, in especially as we get on down a little bit further in this passage here, <clears throat> I always have a struggle remembering of the age that Manasseh and Ephraim are here. Uh, we talked about this last week as far as them being around the age of 20. So this isn't two young boys here as what I always try to envision in my mind, but these are grown men. Um, here coming before Jacob. But <clears throat> in my thought, I guess you can say, as far as them, you know, he, who are these? You know, it's just making the mention, oh, well, who are these? You know, you remember it makes mention of his eyes being dim, and they might have been standing behind Joseph and couldn't see him too well or what have you. So, uh, but in Joseph's response, he, you know, affirms that they are his sons, and so he says, oh, bring them to me. So they, they come to him, and they, uh, and they uh, hug and kiss each other. And the mention here in, in the last part in verse 11 there, uh, I think it, it brings to mind as far as the, uh, the grateful and thankfulness that, Joseph, that Jacob has here at this time when he talks about, you know, man, I had not even dreamed, not even thought that I'd ever see your face again. But not only have I seen your face, but I've seen your son's faces. I've, I'm able to hold them, I'm able to hug them and kiss them. And, and just how grateful he is to be able to, to have done that as well. Any thoughts or comments on this, uh, Jim? Absolutely. The, the thought of uh, Jacob himself. Uh, with his father and him not being able to see and the blessing that he'd taken from Esau. Absolutely, definitely uh, some irony going on there and some thoughts there. That, absolutely. The aspect that 
uh, even Joseph makes mention here that how that they were a blessing from God because these are your kids are always a blessing that God gives us or they're always from God even no matter what the circumstances are or anything very good well let's look at the next uh, set of verses here we're going to go from 12 to 14 it says so Joseph brought them from beside his knees and he bowed down with his face to the earth and Joseph took them both Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, uh, for Manasseh was the firstborn. <clears throat> All right, so what do we have going on here? He, he, and like I said, when, when I'm going through this, I always have to try to remind myself as far as the ages here because when it talks about Joseph uh, uh, brought them uh, from beside his knees, you almost make you know, think about these two young kids and he's you know, kind of guiding them up to his father. Uh, but yet, these are grown Man, but the aspect here as far as, you know, because once again, we're thinking about his eyes are dim. He can't really see too well. So Joseph bringing his, his two children to him, knowing that this was you know, the time that he was about to bless them. He's got, it says, uh, Manasseh with his left hand, you know, because he's going towards them. So it'd be like, you know, I'm heading towards you here and so he's got Manasseh with his left hand and Ephraim with his right hand heading towards Jacob because it had been towards his right hand and his left hand. Um, I did it back, right hand and left hand because Manasseh had been the firstborn and Ephraim's uh, the younger. So he's guiding them to him in the correct order so that he can put his hands on the appropriate order. And... Uh, and you, Keep in mind there, verse 12, it says that Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the ground. So Joseph is not looking at what's happening here. He's got his head down, and he's bringing them to Jacob, and Jacob puts his hands out uh, and lays them on, on their heads, and he crosses his hands over onto the different uh, children, and also Mind you that because of the age of them, they would have had to have been kneeling down at this time because Jacob's on his bed, and he uh, uh, would have had his hands on the head. So I can just imagine Jacob or the, the boys kneeling down, if you would. Uh, Joseph having his head down, and Jacob stretching his arms out and ultimately crosses his arms. Just wanted to try to bring that out in case it was... I had to stop and really think about that. That's just because that was the way my mind works. I don't play stuff out in my head too well. Hopefully I didn't confuse you, though, in all that illustrations. It makes mention of how that Jacob uh, knew which one was older and which one was younger. It said in verse uh, 14, knowingly, uh, guiding his hands knowingly for Manasseh was the firstborn. Uh, 
which uh, makes me think that Jacob here is knowing what he's doing as far as stretching his hands out and laying them on the on the uh, wrong child here, but or not well. He's doing what he's wanting to do. Ultimately, is from what I'm reading here. All right, fifteen and sixteen says, and he blessed Joseph and said, "God before whom my father." My fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walk, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. All right. So we have the blessing here that Jacob points out. One of the things that I that I find uh, uh, that I wanted to make sure that we we realize here is it says Jacob has his hands on Joseph's sons. Uh, but as we read uh, chapter or verse fifteen here, who is being blessed? Joseph, what's that? Joseph. Yes, Joseph is being blessed. Says and he blessed Joseph and said. Uh, even though he's got his hands on the, on his sons, he's blessing Joseph because of his sons, You're, or through his sons, he's blessing Joseph uh, by this. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting here is that when he, when you know, Jacob is also making mention of who has fed him. <clears throat> Keep in mind, this is after the seven years of of famine, <clears throat> in which. Joseph had provided for for his family. <clears throat> Joseph had given them grain and, and food to eat, uh, but yet Jacob is making mention here that it doesn't matter who gave it to him; it was God that provided for him. It was God that that had uh, given him this food. I'm sure he was grateful for what had what Joseph had done, what God had done through Joseph in providing this food, but it was ultimately God that had provided this food for him. I hadn't read that. When, when, when you first started talking, though, I, as far as how that they said, let us be like Manasseh and Ephraim, my first thought was the, the way that they were adopted into uh, Jacob's family, <clears throat> you know, into his actual family there. But, I mean, either way, it sounded good. Uh, <clears throat> but absolutely, and and speaking of that, as far as uh, the, the the world, if you would, that Joseph was living in, uh, being a polytheistic aspect there, also keep in mind of who his, who their uh, mother's father was. He was a priest of um, of Egypt. And, and that's not a priest of, of Jehovah God. That was a priest of the, uh, the idolatry uh, gods that the Egyptians worshipped. But very good thought. Thank you. Anything else somebody might want to add to that or to this passage in general? I kept looking at that because I, I really thought there was something else I was going to say about all that. But he, he blesses uh, Ephraim and Manasseh and, and makes mention of how that you're of them growing into a multitude uh, as well. So verses 17 through 19 says, Now when Joseph saw that his father 
laid his hand, his right hand on the head of Ephraim, <clears throat> it, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head <clears throat> to Manasseh's head. But And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I, I know. He also shall become a he also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall be a multitude of nations. So as we see uh, it, during the process here when when after Jacob says these things, Joseph looks up and notices the the hands that he has on you know, the way that he has his hands on his his sons here, and how that he had his right hand on the younger son Ephraim and his left hand on his older son Manasseh. Uh, he wanted to make sure that that it was done properly, and Jacob uh, basically said, "No, this is this is the way it should be." Uh, when he makes mention of how the Ephraim's going to be greater than than his. Uh, older brother Manasseh, this isn't something that, that this is something that God has made known to him, uh, but also going back to what Jim was, had made mention of earlier, when you think about the aspect of Jacob and Esau here, how that Jacob had taken the, uh, the blessing of the older uh, from Esau, and once again, the younger was greater than the older. And here we have it once again with Manasseh and Ephraim. Absolutely, and, and I appreciate your point. I was just looking it out at my notes, and I was—I uh, mean, you brought out a few more than what I was going to make mention of. But absolutely, Ephraim did become uh, greater than Manasseh as far as the the historical ram of it. When you look throughout the Old Testament, um, and the the main one I had listed here was it was Ephraim that led. Uh, uh, led against the rebellion, uh, or le- led led the rebellion against uh, Rehoboam, uh, following the death of Solomon. <clears throat> and uh, so, you. But as Jim made mention of, there are several other aspects where we have Ephraim uh, rising up. You know, our people of Ephraim rising up and taking great. Um, leads and or lead roles uh, within the Old Testament. But very good. Any other thoughts or comments? So as we keep going. That is too. Uh, I, I didn't have that in my notes, but I, th- I did read over that and think about that as well. Uh, verses 20 and 22 to finish out this chapter, it says, so he blessed them that day saying, by you Israel will bless, uh, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given you, or given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. <sighs> So here we have, to begin with, backing up to, 
to verse 20 here. We have Jacob uh, blessing Joseph's children. He puts uh, Ephraim in front of Manasseh. And, uh, and even though Joseph may not have uh, been pleased with it to begin with, he at least goes along with what his father's doing. Uh, if nothing else, recognizing this is something that's coming from God. Uh, so, and, and then Jacob continues on to uh, reemphasize once again that this is not your, the land of Egypt. It's not where you're going to continue to stay at. You're going to end up going into uh, the land of Canaan and, uh, and because that's the promised land. It's the land that God had promised to me is what he made mention of back at the beginning, towards the beginning of this chapter. And, uh, and then we have this interesting passage here in, in verse 22, where he says, Moreover, I have given you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Anybody have any idea what's going on here? All right, the land that the brothers are going to be in. All right, and that's, uh, from what I've read, and I mean, there might be other positions on this, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and bow, some may look, some look at this and says, "Well, uh, this is just you know a, a, a passage that, that we don't have, or a time in Jacob's history that we don't have, and you're know, written within the text, and it could be, I don't know." Um, but from in, I'm not a scholar, as you can tell. But from what I've read. Uh, but as far as the tense goes, it, the tense uh, was more of a prophetic tense, if I remember right. And the uh, aspect here where it says uh, portion, you know, I'm going to give you one portion above. Uh, portion could also uh, be or could also mean mountain or mountain slope, shoulder or Shechem. Um, so, in matter of fact, I think there's a couple of different versions that I've looked at. I think the NIV and ESV had made mention of this in a different way rather than uh, give you one portion above your brothers. I think it actually says something about mountain slope or give you mountains, mountain ridge, okay, uh, mountain ridge uh, above your brothers in, in the aspect as far as the like what Janice was saying as far as the land that they will be uh, taken over and you know, as far as a, in the future when they go and take over the land of, of Canaan, uh, referencing to that. But any thoughts or comments on that? As we finish up chapter 48 and barreling into chapter 49. Yes, Jim. And actually when we get into chapter 49, uh, it talks about Levi and Simeon talks about how that he will scatter them among uh, the people or what have you, get, divide them. Uh, in verse 7 it says, I will divide them uh, in Jacob. I will scatter them in Israel. I thought it said scatter somewhere. So I'll divide them and scatter them. <clears throat> and, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, as well, probably next week. But uh, But that's as far as that aspect with Levi and uh, scattering them among there, uh, they 
took on the aspect of, of being the priesthood, but at the same time, he scattered them about. But that's another lesson for another day. But, but, uh, but that's very good, though. That's exactly accurate, as what Jim points out as far as the 12 and 13 goes. All right, well, that sounds good. I'm glad to hear that because I've, I've put a, lot, you know, a fair amount of time in, in chapter 49 here trying to figure some stuff out, and, and I guess that makes a lot of sense then because, like I said, I'm not a scholar by any stretch of the imagination, so just because I'm standing before you, don't, don't think that I know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all are more than welcome to disagree with me on anything that I say from here. Uh, but... Um, so in chapter 49, we've got a few minutes left. We can probably hit the first couple of verses here. <clears throat> it says, And Jacob called his sons and said, or called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear, and hear you sons of Jacob and listen to Israel, your father. All right. So here, Jacob, we have gathering everything, gathering them all together. And just to kind of give you a, a little thought here, and as I was going through this, um, I'd, I'd come across uh, the, the, I was reading several different things, like I usually try to do, try to make sure that I'm in line with everything else. But I, I really kind of thought, I like what Matthew Hendry has suggested here in his commentary, and uh, and thought I'd share it with you. I, although you know the text you know, doesn't say this exactly, but when you kind of read through this and you think about the aspect here, as far as him calling everyone together and listening to everything uh, together, it, it, it really kind of stuck with me a little bit. And thinking about as what was made mention of, as far as uh, what's happened in the past. Anyhow, I'll just tell you what I was going to say. In Matthew Henry, he suggests in his commentary that Jacob calling all his sons together and telling them to listen uh, to what is being said, for he wants them uh, to all come together and not separate themselves as him and his brother and his father and his half-brother, uh, but wants them to stay together and working together. Uh, now, that, he doesn't say that exactly. I kind of paraphrased his words there in my notes here. I didn't want to just copy everything that he said there because he had a nice little paragraph there, and I didn't want to bore you reading all that, so I just kind of paraphrased everything there. But if you think about that, though, they're going to need to work together uh, in order to leave out of the land of Egypt and to uh, take over the land of Canaan so that they all get their their places in Canaan. But... When I thought, when I read that, and I started thinking about that, as uh, what we made mention of before already this morning, and you think about uh, Jacob and Esau, you know, they when when things happened, they split up. You, know, Jacob was over here, and Esau was over here. Now, granted, you, when they get into the land of Canaan, they do kind of split up in their own tribes, but they're all still right there together. Uh, but the same with with uh, uh, Isaac and uh, and Ishmael. Uh, uh, Abraham actually sent everyone else away uh, from Isaac before he died. So 
He had sent everyone away anyhow, so there was no other but Isaac. So there's really no you know, going back and forth in between the two. But here we have Jacob calling them all together, listen to everything, and, and kind of like the idea there as far as what, uh, like I said, Matthew Henry had said there, uh, for them to, to want to stay together as a group. But any thoughts or comments on the first two verses here as well? Absolutely. Well, that does finish out our time. So we'll pick up in verse 3 next week.